welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? We give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Tyler Hymanson. Oh, and we got a crazy episode for you guys this week. We're talking about Spy Kids 3D. Game over. And Game now, over. That's Game right. Game over, man. Game over, man. Uh, and now, before we get into what makes this uh, episode so exciting, we got to do our usual usual intro before we get to all the exciting stuff. So, Elis, where can people reach out to us? Yes, please uh, send us your questions and comments or anything else via email to sequelrights at gmail.com. Or you can find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or our YouTube channel by searching Sequel Rights. And please rate and review us, but also go back and check out our back catalog out, out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. We have tons of franchises uh, logged, way too many of them at this point, but we got your Tremors. We got your Child's Play. We have all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, we guarantee at this point we've hit something that you'll remember from your childhood. So right. uh, go back and find those episodes. They're a lot of fun. I mean, Home Alone. Who hasn't? Who doesn't remember that from their childhood? Who, Come on. I mean, who isn't home alone? Who right isn't now? home alone? I mean, actually, who is? Everybody, everybody's crowded at home. That's yeah. right. And yeah, if, if, if you're a first-time listener uh, this week, we're happy you're here. Thanks for being here. And you chose a great week to tune in because we have an exciting interview this week. We are interviewing the one and only Alexa Penavega right now. Uh, we're so excited about this. We we want to put it at the top of the episode so you made sure to hear it. Uh, tune in, and here we go with our interview with Alexa Penavega. All right, well, we have a very special guest for you guys today here. We are so excited to be able to have Carmen Cortez herself. Alexa, Woo-hoo. yeah, <laughs> Alexa Penavega is here with us. Alexa, thank you so much for being hey. here. Sorry for cutting you off, but like Carmen, I had to get her a shout. Oh yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, this so- is awesome. I love that you guys are doing this. Oh man, uh, yeah, we we you know, uh, but just before this, we were watching all these awful Bring It On movies, and uh, <laughs> Spy Kids has been such a breath of fresh so air fresh for air. us. Oh, yes. great. Please tell me you stopped it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we actually watched the third one just this week, so yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Uh, you know, it's all right. That's that's our whole thing. We got we got to watch them all. Yeah, that's, that's we go against the premise. You you. <laughs> Just so you know, the third one was actually not supposed to be a Spy Kid movie. Oh, really? It was a whole other movie that last minute they ended up changing to a Spy Kid movie, um, which that's kind of is a lot of the reason why Carmen comes in so late in the game. And it kind of the way he did like shorts and all those other interesting movies after Spy Kids, it was kind of a part of all of that. Mm. And Uh somehow it just became a Spy Kid movie. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, like, it's, right? just, it's so crazy how like that can just be like that would never happen now. Of, no. Like, oh, yeah. We no. shot most of the movie, but like now it's a Spy Kids movie. Yeah. Also, <laughs> by the way, these were uh, Weinstein films. So <laughs> a lot has changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it did not go unnoticed. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh man! Well, uh, you know, speaking speaking of the third movie, I, I love uh, there, there's a there's a moment at the very end credits that you know um, was a very sweet moment. I thought where they kind of juxtapose your original audition video with you in that movie, and I just like yeah. wanted to uh, 
you know, ask kind of what was it like to land this role at such a young age and then spend, you know, that many years like filming these movies back to back. Yeah. You know, here's what I loved about that time um, in this industry. Social media wasn't a thing. So when, especially as a kid, we were so um, just still in awe of everything. There wasn't this like ego. There wasn't this like, oh my gosh, we're going to be spy kids. It was genuinely just kids playing dress up. We would show up to set and we were as thrilled as like as a kid going to a theme park because they built these sets. I mean, if you even look at the first movie floops castle they built that all those caves the 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 safe house all of the props i mean they literally had airport hangers just completely built out to be just the coolest sets ever so as a kid you walk in and you're like this is the coolest thing ever i mean i think even as an adult you walk in and you're <laughs> like you're we're so used to cgi now that they don't actually have these sets built out but then they did and it was spectacular it was like going to disneyland that's like the greatest place like that's the only way i could describe it <laughs> yeah so that- yeah so so sorry to answer your question um there wasn't any expectation other than like, this is so much fun. We're having a blast. And the one thing I will never forget, um, they did this screening for the very first spy kids in Las Vegas. I don't remember. It's Mm -hmm. like some special event where they premiered the movie for the first time. And it was in Vegas. Um, and I was, I think like 12 years old and I had not seen the movie yet. And Robert wanted to make sure that nobody, like the kids did not see the movie at all. So this was the very first time. And that feeling, that excitement, I've never had that since. Like, it, I mean, I've had other exciting moments. Like, I birthed my children. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, like, it was just this this innocence. And I think that was kind of before the days of social media where it was just this innocence of this pure joy, this excitement that um, I don't think we can really recreate now. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I hope um, that answers the question. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, uh, the movie had so many, like, huge names in the, in the series, both in lead oh, roles yeah. and cameos all over the place. Like, what was it oh, like, yeah. uh, you know, being in the same room as some of those people working with, you know, Antonio Banderas and Carla? Right. Coutinho? I know. You know, it's so funny because at um, – I knew who some of the people were and then other names I didn't know. And now I look back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was working with legends and I didn't, I didn't know. But, um, but because I did start when I was really young, I started acting when I was four years old, when I showed up on, on set, I did know a lot of these names because it's, it it was something that I, I grew up with. So, um, I loved Antonio Banderas. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we even had like Selma Hayek come in for the third one. And I remember like she was the one for me. I was like, oh my gosh, we have Selma. Um, but now looking back, I mean, Mike Judge, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. at the time, I was like, yeah, this guy named Mike is on set, whatever, you know. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, we had Mike Judge. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's so fun. And, um, and honestly, it was such a fantastic time. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but, um, the first movie took six months to make. And then the second one was five months. And then the third one, I think was only three months. Um, but we, Robert uses the same crew over and over again, and obviously the same cast (laughs) over and over again. Um, so 
we became such a family and it was such a part of our life that you would show up to that set and it just felt good. Nobody, it didn't feel like you were showing up to work. It just felt like summer camp all the time. And, and it's this weird nostalgic feeling. And I remember going back, um, like years and years later, just to visit, I think they were filming Dusk Till Dawn. And uh, I just wanted to see the crew again. So I flew into Austin and it's the exact same. It's literally <laughs> the exact same. All the airport hangars, they even still have some of the Spy Kids sets like still up. Oh, um, it just like for nostalgic purposes. And it's it's awesome. I just can't explain it. It it, it, it almost feels too good to be true. It was such a really fun, wild time. That's so great. Yeah. yeah it just has like he had that that total indie film feel where like we're gonna do everything ourselves we're gonna have all these things and we're gonna keep using the same props and we're gonna, yeah same same props <laughs> same, same people and it's like when you when you left that ecosystem and you went out <laughs> to do different things like i imagine that you have all this amazing experience and yeah. obviously robert has you know is is a virtuoso in terms of everything that you're doing <laughs> and then when you went to you know your first job that wasn't on that i imagine it had to be a little bit of a culture shock of just like wait like there's all these different people doing stuff like yes, what's happening yes you know it's just you become so spoiled and i think there is this because there was such a sense of family everybody was really in it together and i remember going into um the the hit sleepover um right <laughs> after spy kids and i was i was so excited to do sleepover because it was like the first time that um i was like leading something on my own and it was and and god bless the people that that were on that project but it was hard <laughs> it, was, it was not i don't want to say it wasn't fun because we definitely had really good moments but I was such a tomboy and also incredibly insecure. Uh, and I'm working with very confident teenage girls. And it was, it was hard. It was, it was not easy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So speaking of the family relationship, uh, I wanted to ask you like what your relationship with uh, Daryl Sabra was like and how it changed like over all the years you were guys were together and uh, like, what's it like now? So I've known Daryl, actually, we did a TV show together before Spy Kids. Um, okay. he, he, I think he did like a couple episodes of a show called Life's Work way back when. So I knew him when he was like three years old. <laughs> so then he, uh, we both end up doing Spy Kids together and we were legit like brother and sister. We loved each other and hated each other. He <laughs> would get under my skin and he loved to make me so mad, like like a little brother. He would pester me all the time and he would do it on purpose, but then he would like come over and bring me a donut and be like, I love you so much. You're the greatest <laughs> sister. So it really was this like family thing, but you would see us on set and I, I don't know how I never got in trouble, but I'd be like, Daryl! And I'd like push him. I just remember being so annoyed but but there was so much love and and that love has always maintained and as we've gotten older um we've just even grown to appreciate each other so much more and we both recognize like what a special time that was because you know it's not like that in the film industry anymore also hello they were flying kids like first class all over the world doing press <laughs> tours bringing our entire families with us now oh, wow. you're lucky to like uh, get a coach ticket for your spouse <laughs> like the like, times have really changed but we were just so beyond blessed and what was funny was we both recognized that then like even as kids we knew this wasn't normal and we knew it was awesome and we appreciated it and um and it's, it's funny because there is actually a fourth Spy Kids film 
but it doesn't really count because it's not quite, <laughs> I mean, it counts, but it doesn't. Um, and when we both came back for it, it was funny being back on set because there was that nostalgic feeling, but you know, having new kids there and them going like, we're the new spy kids. Uh, they're sweet kids. Please don't get me wrong. But there already was like this uh, mentality of like, we're the spy kids. Whereas like, when we were little spy kids, we were just playing dress up. Mm. We were just having fun. There wasn't this like, we just got this title kind of feeling. And, and I think that that's something, I don't know if it's necessarily social media. I don't know if it's like parents or just this industry. Um, but we were so sheltered from that, both me and Daryl. So I feel like um, growing up in the industry and now our relationship, because we still maintain that innocence for so long, um, we came out okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, me and Daryl have a fantastic relationship. He's married to the wonderful and gorgeous and talented Megan Trainer, mm-hmm. who is also just awesome. And and yeah, I, I think yeah, we're just. I mean, we were just talking earlier, and and he's great. I really love him. That's my lifelong brother right there. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a interesting thing because it it gets to the point that Ela's made on the first episode where it's just like you can tell that. That something that's so infectious about these movies is that it allows the kids to be kids. Like you guys, yes. when you're on there, like if it doesn't have that air of, oh, we're child actors or we're doing this. No. It's just, like, it feels like kids and it comes through through the movies. And I think that's why th- those ones feel so special for the audience as well. Yeah. I agree. We were discovering just as you were, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like mm-hmm. there, there, there was no pretentious little precocious child actor going on. Like, by the way, watching it again, though, and, and looking back when I was watching the first one, I was like, gosh, we were so like so bad. And then watching the second <laughs> one, like I at least was remembering all the awesome things that happened behind the scenes. I mean, the second one was like the best one to make. It was so much fun. Um, but I was like, how did we get hired? <laughs> but I was like, who cares? We did it. It was awesome. And we had a great time. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, the second movie has, I think, one of the our favorite moments for us. Uh, the, the, the movie ends with this big, like, song performance from you singing Isle of Dreams and like we love this part because we've seen so many movies where it has like this you know what feels like a tacked on like all right music time, video to, ending. time to sell yeah. the the latest pop star music video and I love the way that uh, Robert Rodriguez like worked this into the story and that you're like undercover as a pop star right? yeah. and we were just wondering what it was like to film that that scene and just be goofy in that moment. So, uh, okay. So growing up, I was super into dance. Um, and I was like all about hip hop. I loved hip hop. I thought I was awesome. (laughs) Um, so at the rap party for spy kids, we did a hip hop routine and, um, it was a couple of the, uh, stunt girls, a couple of the PAs. I kind of came up with this choreography, my 13 year old self or whatever, thinking I'm awesome. We do this whole hip hop routine and, Robert was like, that was really cool. I didn't know that you could dance like that. And he's like, can you sing too? So I just like belted a tune just for fun. And then a month later, he called me up. He's like, can you sing for me one more time? And he asked me to like sing a couple different notes. And I did. And he's like, awesome. I need you to come to Austin next week. And that's literally how it all came about. Because in the first one, we had, oh my gosh, what was their name? We had like Fontana, like, uh, some other 
people doing some Spy Kids song, like mm-hmm. Spy Kids are gonna rule the world, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. funny, whatever. And and he was like, "Why don't we do it ourselves? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that again." And they were nice, don't get me wrong, but but he's like, "Let's do something different and really cool." And because of the rap party, it kind of inspired this thing and then he even went on to do it uh for spy kids three as well which that was insane because we literally performed in front of the Capitol at the um premiere of spy kids three so that's actually where that took place oh my god wow yeah that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy um so speaking of that second movie in the second and third movie i was really charmed by your little like teenage flirtation with this gary giggles guy and so i wanted to ask you like w- what it was like filming that and if you actually like felt any kind of crush on this dude or on anybody else like <laughs> that was around filming spy kids oh the love triangles of spy kids um, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so Matt O'Leary, my dear Matt O'Leary, absolutely love him. Um, had so much fun. Uh, this was like, you're 13. Everyone's hormones are like out of control (laughs) and the crushes mean everything at this time. And Matt had this, uh, stunt double who I was just head over heels for and who was a kid. Like all the stunt guys were kids, like all the stunt kids. Um, And I was just like madly in love with this guy. And he ended up being my first kiss. Uh, and then we got in a fight. So then Matt was like trying to swoop in. Um, but, so I ended up like kind of seeing Matt for a little bit. This, by the way, went on for like years. It wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like this was just on set. Um, but I basically dated his stunt double on and off for six years after Whoa. Wow. after that movie <laughs> it, was, wow. it was crazy but i'm still super close with the dash who are the stunt family and they're fantastic stunt coordinators you'll see their names on everything um but yeah I, again like it was so it was so special it was literally like summer camp so those love tri- triangles i mean it was the first time that i can tell you that my heart ever felt that way and it all happened on set oh sorry i'm like hitting the mic it all happened on set. So those are feelings that are just so nostalgic that even now people will call me and they'll be like, do you remember when that happened on set? Like just silly little things. They were all such a part of my life. It was so special. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned the stunts and I'm just curious, like obviously that the, you know, that there was a bunch of, of stunt stand-ins and, and other people. Uh, but for, for your roles in the movie, if there were any like crazy things where, you know, I know that for two, they have you up on those rocks with some safety wires and some things like that. And I'm just curious, like as a kid, when you're kind of being put in those situations, what that was like, and if there was anything that was particularly scary Did or particularly super fun. Did you talk to anybody fun. before this? No, <laughs> no. I can't believe you, you are saying this okay um so uh i'm sure everybody except the people that were on set will deny this they'll probably talk about it now uh because footage was burned (laughs) Uh, but but i think it's been long enough and weinstein's probably going to jail so we're good um so basically the rocks in spy kids 2 uh Mm -hmm. we're on an 800 foot drop cliff in a place called lajitas texas and we are right on the border between uh mexico and texas Mm -hmm. and we bring in this huge crane because there's a part where the flying pig the spork is gonna come pick me up and take me off you see it in the movie Mm -hmm. but we were doing that for real that was not a green screen they brought in the crane 
and it was going to swing me from one side of this 800 foot drop cliff to the other. And I couldn't wait. I'm telling you, I could not wait to do it. Okay. Um, so I'm at the tip of this cliff. I'm pretending to fight all of these, uh, skeletons and I'm, I'm harnessed into the rock and for the next shot, they, they have the crane in and they connected me to the crane. So we got the crane, we got the rock and I'm hooked to both. And you just hear, <laughs> no. and it's literally slow motion. It was not fast at all, but it, it was completely silent except for the sound of the crane falling. And thank God for, I think it was JJ Dashnall. I have to figure, I have to go back and ask, but one of the Dashnalls just like took me out casually. Like we're good. Everything is good. The crane falls. All of the rocks are shaking. Everyone is just quiet. No one's screaming. No one's making a noise because everyone is convinced that people are dead, like for sure dead. And it was like, looking back now, I'm like, I should have been ripped apart <laughs> like i i was connected to a rock and this crane the crane is done um and thank god everybody was fine uh we ended up not shooting that that part <laughs> and we shot that later in front of a green screen and we took the day off to recover and we went right back the next day <laughs> wow oh my god that, oh wow. man it was insane i do know the crane operator broke his ankle getting out of the out crane. of it Um, but other than that, it was a miracle that everyone was okay. I am so happy that everyone's okay. That gave me chills. So just like, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, like all my set nightmares just flashed <laughs> my eyes. Like, it's crazy though, that you literally, uh, ask that question. And even talking about those rocks specifically, because that's literally where it went down and really no one, I've never actually said that story in an interview. I've said it privately to people. We've talked about it and they're like, are you kidding me? But I've never talked about it in an interview ever. And no, so, I just, yeah. I mean, for me, it was just, I could tell you're on the rock. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. No, it was real. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but that's what I loved about the movies. And I think that's the kind of thing that made me really sad about Spy Kids 3. Yeah. Um, the first two Spy Kids, we really did everything. Like, they built out those sets. We went to these locations. I mean, Spy Kids 2, they brought us to Costa Rica. We were in Costa Rica for two weeks. It was awesome. I mean, so many cool things. Um, whereas, you know, movies nowadays and with the third installment, uh, everything was done in front of the green screen. I mean, the entire movie, with the exception, I think, of like four or five days was in front of the green screen. And that's just not that's not exciting. I mean, it really takes the fun out of it. And yeah, you can use your imagination. Cool. But like, sets are awesome. And um, And I think to bring this back to something totally different, but look at the first Jurassic Park. Um, look at the puppets for those dinosaurs and how cool they looked versus, you know, now I love the the new ones. I think Chris Pratt killed it. I think they did a really great job, Mm -hmm. but you know, these are popcorn movies versus that first one you were in it. It felt real and it felt like, yo, I'm watching a movie. This is awesome. There's the, there's a crazy stat about that movie that I read recently that there's something like 80 visual effect shots in it which like, doesn't make sense to me like no. but the count the count is incredibly low on like the original Jurassic Park oh, like now movies God. today have like 300 right. or, or well, even more I mean, than that but like there's it's what, a shockingly low amount I mean think of what a puppet would cost to make right whereas now they're like we'll just CG it because it's so much cheaper but you also then cheapen the 
the value, like the quality of what you're watching. And, you know, CG is fantastic. I'm not going to dog on people who do CG because it's hard work and they do such a good job. But there's something like you can't replicate what those puppets did. Mm -hmm. They were it was phenomenal. It was so phenomenal. That's actually something I wanted to ask you about in three, because you were actually one of the first people to work on some of those all green screen sets yeah. of, of, you know, and then, you know, Rob Rodriguez got far into that afterwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're standing alongside all these different people uh, and, and Elijah Wood as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was just such an interesting thing of like, wow, like at this time, even though you worked with all these legends, in 2003, you had more experience in what the future of acting would be for most people right? than uh, most so people at that time. <laughs> it, it's so, it's crazy. Uh, but you know what? At the time, we knew it was special. Like mm -hmm. we knew it was different. We knew it was awesome. And I think that's why, you know, the third one, we were so thankful that we were, we were even coming back for one because we weren't supposed to. It was just supposed to be one. And then we were fortunate enough to get a sequel. Um, so when the third one happened, it was a surprise for everyone and it was awesome. Um, but I do think, I don't want to say the magic was lost because we were all, it's not about the sets. It was like about the people that you're working with. It really was. Um, but it, it really does change when you don't have uh, the same, like, safe house the same you know cool little cave that you get to go retreat to and hang out on you know your break instead you're like in front of this green screen uh dying because you're so hot it's in the middle of summer you're filming in texas in an airport hangar <laughs> um, but it was still super fun and the suits were awesome they were super heavy i mean the the arm alone i think was like 22 pounds or something oh my God. so they'd be like hold it up and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> my like little so 14 sore. year old self is like shaking trying to hold it up it was crazy oh my god um i wanted to ask uh you know what what is like spy kids fandom like today what what do you see uh out there in the world do you think there's still like a super large fan oh, base uh, are you are you connected with them at all or you know what I, i'm not i wish i were um i think that it's really cool because whenever some somebody picks up something and like posts about it and you see it on Twitter or wherever, Instagram or something, the comments are always awesome. I mean, what people have to say, like it really brings them back to their childhood. It's super nostalgic. I heard there was like this, uh, I'm not on TikTok. We were on it for all of a week and we felt like 80 year old people because everybody's 12 <laughs> on, and like half naked, which made me super uncomfortable. So we we're like, we're dipping. We're not doing this TikTok thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, but basically on TikTok, there was this whole thing going on. Like, I don't remember this shark scene. Why are people talking about some shark scene or whatever? Um, no, we did film in, in the first Spy Kids. We filmed the shark scene, which also like a fun fact while we're filming the shark scene, it was so hot in Texas. We're shooting in front of a green screen. Um, we are in um, these like undergarment things, harness garments over it and then like for real wetsuits on top of that oh so God. we're pretending to swim and we're like all of a sudden you just see me go <laughs> <laughs> passed out <laughs> hanging there like heat exhaustion oh, no. craziness so uh so yeah that that was a fun fact behind the scenes um but yes there was a shark scene that wasn't in the original release of the film but they did a re-release because it did so well and they said they have new additional scenes and that was one of the additional scenes nice 
fact that, that is... you didn't ask for, but here you well, go. Well, no, 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 it is funny because we watched it and we ended up watching different versions. Like, I did not see the shark scene, but Justin saw the shark scene. No yeah, way! We, yeah, we talked Oh, that must that. have been really confusing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I think I only ever saw the shark version once, and that was in theaters. But um, other than that, I've never seen it. Like, I haven't seen it since. That's really funny. Um, So speaking of the fandom, what line from Spy Kids do people ask you to say or like yell at you out in the street the most? Oh, it's always. And this was literally my husband's pickup line. He walks over to me and he goes, oh, shiitake mushrooms. Um, And I'm like, kidding me? I was like, wow, what a dork. Um, But what was great again, and this is this is us being kids on set and what I really appreciated about Robert's filmmaking during these spy kids where uh, I was playing around on set and I was like, Oh, like I said, Oh, shiitake mushrooms. And he was like, what did you just say? And I was like, well, I can't say the bad word, but I can say shiitake mushrooms. And he's like, we're going to use that. And and that's how it happened. And it's all because I heard it from uh, an actor named Sean Patrick Flannery on set because he would not curse in front of me, but he would say shiitake mushrooms. So that's who I learned it from. And now yeah, it is forever in Spy Kids gold. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything else that happened, like, where he was the interplay with you guys and trying to make it more kid-friendly? I know that, like, some of the stuff we read about the first movie was about, like, the thumb people were, you know, guys that Robert Rodriguez would draw, you know, when he yeah. was a kid. And so there's a lot of his childhood in there. But, like, how much of your childhood or or any of the other kids that were around set made it um, on to, to into the movies? You know, a lot of this, a lot of this was Robert's vision and him just capturing us experiencing it, which was really cool because we were just kids. We were just wide eyed and excited. And, and like I said, the sets were unreal and awesome. So, uh, like him capturing our faces for the first time, like walking into the safe house, like that was all real and it was great. Um, I would say, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, he would just listen to us and how we would speak. So he would do little things like that uh, throughout the movie. Um, what You know what, what? What I loved about this, they were all about family. So uh, Daryl's brother was there the entire shoot with his mom. And I'm a family of seven. But at the time, there were only how many were there? I think there were four of us or three of us for the first movie, four of us in the second movie. Um, And our families were there all the time. The set was like, bring your family. We want you to feel warm and welcome. They actually hired a fun coordinator (laughs) Um, so that we could have fun. So it didn't feel like we've taken these kids outside of their routine and we're going to throw them into a work environment. So we literally every week had like some new fun fight, whether it was like cake fight, water balloon fight squirt guns uh uh, string the whatever you call the spray string thing silly string there we go sorry (laughs) um you know they just made sure that we were having a really good time and that we were still being kids that we weren't like these little actors we were kids we were literally in the field searching for scorpions and being kids (laughs) That's so awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. My like my sisters were in the prop shop all day long building things with all the prop guys and they were all for it. They weren't like scram kids. They were teaching them how to make their own little ovens that they could bake things out in the Texas sun. Like it was awesome. Um, so 
you and Carlos both acted as kids, but he was like already an adult when Big Time Rush and all that happened. Whereas you really came, you know, into the scene when you were much younger. So do you think that being in the public eye at those like two different ages affected you guys differently? Or does it have more of a similar effect no matter when it happens? Um, I do think it it, it affected us differently. Um, For me, you know, some people can be like, well, you lost your childhood. For me, it's all I ever knew. And it, I loved it. Like I didn't have a bad experience. I had a great experience and I like set as a second home. So I can be on any set. It doesn't have to be a set I'm working on. And there's this feeling of just like, I'm home. And Carlos does not feel that way. He can't wait. Mm -hmm. Like he can, he he can have fun on set, but he's like, get me home. I want to (laughs) go home, you know, but me, I'll hang out on any set. And I just have this feeling in my heart of like, oh, this feels safe. This feels good. And I think that has everything to do with the fact that I grew up on sets. Like I really grew up on sets and, um, and he, he experienced great times on set, but for him, it's not that same feeling. Like you're really shaping when you start off at four years old. Like, so what you experience throughout those years really shapes you. And thankfully I had a fantastic experience. And I think that's why I do love sets so much. Like the set life is awesome. Um, so yeah, you got the, you got the opportunity to play Carmen in four films, but what do you think Carmen would be doing right now? Oh, I think she would for sure still be on missions. (laughs) I I don't know if she would be settled down at all. I think Carmen, (laughs) Carmen, uh, would have to complete many tasks before she would feel good enough to like settle down and start a family. She's such a go-getter. She's just so cool like so cool that um she was awesome to play and and yeah i i hope that she just lives on forever yeah (laughs) uh so if the opportunity ever came up where you were gonna do more movies as carmen would you want to do it and if so what would you think would be more interesting like carmen being the mom of new spy kids or carmen just being in like a grown-up spy movie that's got nothing to do with kids (laughs) Oh, that's a really good question. Because usually I just hear like, would you do another one? But this was yeah. like, I like this. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you know, I really would love to see where they're at right now. Like, like versus, and I know it was Spy Kids, but I am really curious. Like, what are they doing? Let them, let us see them as adults. So whether or not they have kids, that's fantastic. But like, what are Carmen and Ju- Junie doing right now? And I think that was something that, and I feel like from not just from my heart, but from what other people have experienced with the fourth installment, you kind of miss that. You're like, oh, I want to know what's going on, though, with like Carmen and Junie. Like they, I don't I love Jessica. I love, uh, you know, everybody else that was on that project. Um, but what made Spy Kids so fun was the dynamic that our family had, like with Uncle Machete, with our parents, like me and Daryl, that like that was so fun. And I just felt like we missed that in the fourth one. And I will like, I'm not going to complain though, because it was so awesome showing back up again and like being on the old stomping ground. The fact that, you know, we were there, I think it was like 10 years later or something was really crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that dynamic wasn't recreated in that fourth one. And I felt like it was a miss. 
Okay. And I have another like kind of weird question for you because <laughs> I already saw like a bunch of articles where people asked you, you know, would you let your kids be actors? So I was going to ask you something totally different. Like what would you do if your sons were to become actual spy kids? Actual spy kids. <laughs> oh, I would be terrified. Uh, I would be terrified. No, you know, I, <laughs> we live uh, on an island. We live here in Hawaii and it's awesome. And we got away from all of it a few years ago just because we were like, you know what? We want to raise awesome kids. Like I grew up on a ranch in Florida. And even though uh, we would like go back and forth and I would still have like set life or whatever, I still was a kid. Whereas I feel like not to dog my sisters who grew up in LA, but um, it's just different. I, and and they were already going to experience the set life anyway. I mean, we travel so much for work that we're like, how do we give these kids something where they're just going to like love being outdoors as much as we did growing up? And we're like, we got to move to the island. Like we love Maui. We've always loved Maui. We just, let's get out of here, which was really good timing too, considering everything that's happening. <laughs> we're in a good place. Um, yeah. So So if they became real spy kids, I would be terrified because we escaped to the island for a reason. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Alexa, I just wanted to say thank you so much for, uh, for oh, being course. here with us and, uh, you know, giving, giving time to do this interview. It's been so much fun talking with you. It's great. Oh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I, I mean, literally it just brings back the greatest memories and I'm only sad that I thought of it like tonight. I should have been like, Daryl, sneak on, sneak on to this, but hopefully maybe, maybe we'll do like something later and I can get Daryl involved. That would be so awesome. That would be amazing. Um, my, t- my takeaway is that all sets need fun coordinators. Yes. Now. They do. Every single set. <laughs> Everyone needs a fun coordinator. Yeah. My new career goal, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be the fun coordinator. Yeah. Too. Um, well, is there anywhere that uh, our listeners can uh, follow you? Uh, on social uh, media or look you yeah know. yeah I, we know we're on instagram um i think it's at vega alexa because we were trying to change it but just that's just what it is um <laughs> and my family and i we do uh, a little vlog that just randomly happened one day and it stuck and that's called lex loves Los. kind of a play on i love lucy a little bit and nice. it's just us in our life here on the island and you both have a new movie out right now too, right? Mighty Oak. We do. We do. It's called um, The Mighty Oak and you can, it's not streaming, but you can buy it on like, I guess, is that, is, is that considered streaming? I don't know. I think. Because you can purchase it on all these streaming networks. Streaming on <laughs> demand. Right. Yeah. Streaming yeah. on demand. That's on the demand. phrase. Yeah. On demand. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we do a bunch of stuff for Hallmark. So we have a couple movies coming out with them and then we're going to start finally going back to work um i think within the next two months which apparently sets are going to look completely different which makes me really sad um so it'll be interesting it'll be very interesting to see what happens all right well thank you so much and on that note goodbye (laughs) (laughs) have a good one folks yeah Yeah, 2020 wait right hold on i cannot i cannot leave you guys without saying my full name Okay. Yes, do it. it. Yes. Oh, you have to do it. Yes. You guys, I have to. Okay. 
Carmen Elizabeth Juanita Echo Sky Brava Cortez. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just heard some. I think it's like written wrong, and people like will type it out, like send it to me, and I'm like, no, that's not that's not the name. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the official name. Nice. Like I know my own name. Yeah. Like, I... Yeah. I think I just Guys, heard some secret you. door open somewhere. So I know. Yeah. 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 Actually, I gotta go shut it all now. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. You are awesome and. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. 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 Attention. Attention. The new, the new Spy, Spy Kids movie. movie is so exciting. exciting. You, you have, have to, to cover your eyes. Your eyes. To see it in 3D. 3D. Coming soon to DVD. Hello, Judy. Your sister's missing. The third movie. Julie, what do you know about a new video game called Game Over? I know that just about every kid in the world is going to sign on and play it. Well, not if we can help it. The game is a trap. The third mission. Put on these glasses and you'll enter the world of the game. You go in, find your sister, help her shut down the game in 12 hours, or it's game over for everyone. The third dimension. I'm looking for my sister. The third dimension. Woo! <laughs> okay, so like before we talk about this movie at all, let's just take one second to sit back and appreciate how amazing that interview was and how yes. cool yeah. it was <laughs> for Alexa Penavega to do that. Uh, we're super grateful. She was amazingly cool. Yeah, it was such yeah. a fun time talking with her. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, if, if you, yeah, if you loved it, send, send your love her way as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And now, now we know that we're going into this movie that was almost not a spy kids movie. That's right. It's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. something else. Uh, so hold on to your joysticks, boys. <laughs> Let's talk about this film. <laughs> oh God. Well, so, like, does that mean this was supposed to be like shark boy and lava girl? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was just supposed to be like some other movie about kids playing video games yeah. and they were just like. Yoink. <laughs> what if it was spy kids playing video games? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've been excited for this one because this was, uh, this is the one that I have seen for whatever oh, reason. Yeah, explain yourself. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, you know, when these movies were coming out, uh, was right during the period where I was working at Marcus theaters in, uh, in Wisconsin and, uh, you know, we could get, we could get in it. We just had to call ahead basically. And we could get in to see a movie for free whenever, you know? And at the time, uh, this was like right before it started to be like a big thing with 3d movies in the theaters mm-hmm. all the time. And like, you know, I had been to Disney world, uh, and seen like 3d movies there, but I had never like seen a 3d movie in theaters or whatever. So at the time I was like, all right, like I have no interest in the Spy Kids movies, you know, because I'm, you know, uh, in in uh, in high school, and I'm like, you know, too cool for that. But the movie's in 3D, like that might be cool. An entire movie in 3D in the theaters, uh, I'm gonna go see it. Uh, so, so Justin, for people listening in the back catalog, and they were born after quarantine, what's a movie theater and what's a 3D movie? <laughs> Okay, well, you know, kids, uh, actually, this 3D movie is not like the 3D movies you'd go see now. <laughs> uh, Tell us about what the experience was like. It Did was... they employ any cheap 3D tricks, in the words of the Muppets? <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, if you've seen this movie, it's basically endless cheap 3D tricks, <laughs> which I found hilarious watching in 2D, because uh, it's just like, yeah, let me grab that 
floating pill in front of you. Yeah, so great. Um, but, uh, you know, this one, uh, when you go see 3D now, it's like, you know, everything's in color, the same color as normal. This was still the, like, anaglyph 3D uh, where it was kind of like blue and red and you had those blue and red glasses that you put on. Mm. So the colors when I went to see it were all fucked up. <laughs> uh, and it looked like really weird. But the 3D, I remember the 3D effects being really cool and I do remember having to explain over and over again why I went to go see that movie because people were always making fun of me. And uh, there's stuff in this movie that when I was watching it again now I had forgotten about, but I was like, I remember at the time being like, what is going on in this movie? Like, there's a moment at the end where I'm like, well, have you not oh, seen? Oh, yeah, because if you had never seen any of the prior, <laughs> yeah. the finale is just like nonsensical. I was like, in my mind, I was like, what is going on in this movie? <laughs> um, and I remember being like, that was just such a weird moment. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of fun to go back, and I did remember. I did remember a few things from this movie. Um, and honestly, like I feel like the 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 3D glasses that we got looked like the glasses in the movie. And if I was hard pressed to go look for them, I, it's possible I kept a lot of things growing up. I might have those Orders. lying around. I bet I kept them for a long time at least <laughs> back at my parents' house. But let's talk Spy Kids 3D. Game over. Yeah, so as um, Alexa said in the interview, this was just some other movie, and you can really tell, uh, (laughs) but it might have been like, I mean, I think it was smart to make it part of a franchise, because otherwise, like, I don't know what the hook is, other than just the ridiculous 3D, but then why have that be, you know, wide wide release in theaters? It would have just ended up, like, at the IMAX, at the museums, whatever, (laughs) you know, like... (laughs) Yeah, I looked. This movie came out before Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, so yeah, it was. It, it, this is one of the first movies that was just all green screen sets. Like there is not an actual physical thing in this movie. I mean, it kind of gets all the hits. Like there's a whole Mario Kart part. Yeah, there's a Smash Brothers type part there's like a rock'em sock'em robots like transformers situation there's a mario like just bouncing around the town level uh there's frogs on pogo sticks yes (laughs) lava surfing um the only thing i was like okay it would have been cool especially considering how two ended had there been like a 3d song and dance captain eo situation oh man yes or a dance dance revolution situation. Oh, uh, <laughs> a dance not, competition. That, that's not very compelling on screen, but they could have, yeah, made it work. Uh, if they, if you had like the freestyle DDR yeah. guys that used to hang out at the arcade, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think one of the weirdest things in this movie is like you know that uh, we kind of. Um, we kind of, you know, lauded the first film and a little bit, I think the second film as well, of, of being like uh, a live action cartoon. And that was why uh, these movies were so cool. It was like, you know, everything was live action, you know, yeah. built out sets and, and they're doing like cartoony things in live action. And now we've gone like in the totally, you know, inverse of that where now it is, a, it just is a cartoon and everyone's in a cartoon and, and that stuff doesn't play the same when it's all, you know, just like fake polygons coming at your face. I do want to give the movie some credit in that it starts with Junie being out of the OSS. He's now a private eye. 
Uh, and and he's going around helping people, doing stuff. And it, like at least that's a good bridge and and is an interesting idea. I would have rather seen more of that movie than him before he's being pulled into this thing because basically it's that you know Carmen is still an agent and still doing all these things and and he's been over it because like he yeah. can't have a family and be a spy. So. Well- I think that a large percentage of franchises we've done would have completely ignored the fact that he made that decision at the end of the second movie. So it was cool um, that, yeah, he did kind of this like really silly film noir opening scene with the first ever screen appearance of Selena Gomez, by the way, (laughs) um, at an abandoned water park. I I love that this, I love that this like continues the uh, like trope of like the, the children being the real people in charge of places. (laughs) Like, like in the second movie, like the, the president's daughter was acting more like the president than the president was. Yeah. And the whole joke about like, Oh, it's winter. That's why the water's been shut off because the park is closed. <laughs> That's why there's no water in your water park. I thought that was yeah. really funny. And he goes back home, but they reveal that he's basically been abandoned by his family because he quit the OSS. Like, mom and dad are off working. And he said he hasn't seen Carmen in, what, like over two years or something like that? Two Christmases, I think he says. Yeah. Something crazy like that, yeah. Well, yeah. And part of that is because she disappeared, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gertie comes to visit him, and uh, he acknowledges the fact that it makes no sense that she can fly with her pigtails, and it never has. <laughs> um, This is the, the, the opening of this movie. Like, Tyler, you talked about it being a good bridge, and like, I, yeah. part of what part of what makes me mildly disappointed uh, that this movie isn't as great as the first two is because, like, um, I think, uh, now, you, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like out of all the franchises we've watched so far, like these three movies are like firing on all cylinders as far as like, you know, continuity, sequel, yep. sequel continuity, like everything's happening. There were so many things in this movie, like right away in the beginning, like Gertie coming back and the little Ralph. There's robot. almost no retcons that I can even think of. Yeah. I mean, and except for, except for, uh, uh, Chich actually being their uncle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, now he's, he's okay with it. Now he's on board. Yeah, with being he's on uncle. board. Um, but I think it's really interesting. Um, and like also, you know, I feel like this might be the, the first time that we are, we're watching a franchise that's like completely written and directed by the same person the entire time. No one else? Pretty close, yeah. I mean, I know we've done other ones where it's a lot of the same people involved, but, like, not the same director and everything the entire yeah. way through, I don't think. Yeah, like, art director, like, the like, crew, like, everything. Yeah. Boom like... operator. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's pretty crazy, and we'll get into more of, like, uh, the the sequel stuff that's coming back in this one. Um, but I, yeah. just, I just thought, you know, I thought we should point that out, because, like, we have a lot of movies that... There's a sequel, and there's like so little connection or anything to the first yeah. film. Um, and this is these ones have been really great on that front. So, speaking of continuity, um, it's not a retcon, but it is very strange that uh, Mr. Giggles has been forgiven and allowed back <laughs> into the OSS after trying to take on the world, take over the world, because uh, his wife, uh, what was her name? Uh, she had a weird name too. It didn't start Selma with Hayek. Yeah, but it was Selma Hayek. Yeah, and she said that she had basically kicked his butt, and now he ha- is back at work. Yep. Um, 
And it's kind of funny because you don't see Gary giggles like till the very end. So I was kind of like, the dad got to come back to the OSS, but the boy didn't get to. That's like pretty <laughs> harsh. But apparently he was also forgiven. Salma Hayek's character is uh, Francesca giggles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Doesn't start with a G. So um, I did think like, I mean, yeah, it's weird. But like uh, Junie does give him a look like, what the hell are you doing? Here? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like somewhat acknowledged. That it's weird that he's there, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they basically brief him that there's this video game. That's a trap. Yeah. And it's a captured... video game that he was about to buy. Yeah. Go. <laughs> and uh, it has captured uh, poor Carmen. She, she has been captured inside one of the levels and subsequently lost for half the movie. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of funny because he's like, why did she go in there without any backup? And like, well, her brother didn't want to be in the OSS. And it's like, what, you don't have any other agents that could be her partner? I know. Everyone has to come in a sibling pair? Like... I did, I, you know, I, I, it made me sad because they, they show like one cool shot of her like riding a bike, like all like badass, like, all right, I'm going to go take on this dude. And we didn't get to see any of that story of her like going yeah. in there the first time or anything, which I thought would have been cool to see. But yeah, I mean, I get that it wasn't like a Spy Kids movie from the beginning, so it doesn't have, uh, you know, all the brother sister stuff as much as the other two. But I still wish that they had found a way to like work her in more. I know they make obviously. it seem they, it makes it feel like they were like, well, we don't have anything more to say about that character, so let's just focus on yeah, Jimmy. yeah, which, yeah. Uh, it's not great. I mean, that that's the thing that's a real the real kind of paradox of this movie is that there's so much stuff that like knowing that it wasn't originally on paper or until the last second, you know, it became a spy kids movie and that it still has more connective tissue than more than <laughs> yeah. most third installments than yeah. we, that we talk about. It's still probably higher up on that list is a really weird paradox. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of, it's, it's kind of difficult and it, and it really makes you yearn for what it could have been if yeah. it was just a straight up spy kids three, because there's still plenty to say about these characters. Yeah, oh, yeah, agree. Um, and we also like have an excess of new, like random, ugh. kind of nondescript characters that we don't care about, like these three gamer bros. bros. Yeah, the beta <laughs> testers, I guess. Oh, Turns you guys out must the be beta nerdy testers. dude's a jock, and the nerd is a jock, and, <laughs> and it's kind of weird that in a, you know, in a um. <laughs> A series that's about this like Latino family. When they get to this video game, everybody else is white. Yeah. Like it's like you had three kids and all uh, four kids that you meet in the game, and they're all white. Like eh, whatever, you know. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think yeah. they're like Italian. Well, you might have to blame the toy maker for that one. That's true. Mm, the toy maker. we have not talked about yet. The yeah. toy. This is the this is the guy last week that I was like, I can't tell you who's in this movie. I'm so yeah. excited. I'm so excited for you guys to find out who the new villain is. Oh my god. I mean, let's just talk about it. Um, Oscar winner. <laughs> Sylvester. Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. He did. Rambo I want to say he did more acting in like two scenes of this movie than he did in like the last three Rambos that we saw. <laughs> well, I think that that's true, but I mean, this is, I think this is before his little comeback. Like I think this oh, is definitely. Ex- expendables and all that. Yeah. Like, this is during his like, you know, fallow period. Yeah, why, uh, why didn't Rambo last blood have like three different types of Rambos talking to him the entire time? <laughs> Are you sure you want to put a trap there? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Sh- he he up. has three. <laughs> 
like AI personalities of himself, but what he chose is like he chose basically a hippie. <laughs> A, what was the other one a scientist and then like an ss officer yeah like a literal yeah. nazi <laughs> like- yeah yeah uh it's very strange i and i they're 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 i mean they're incredibly stupid throughout the throughout the uh movie but i i did love that like he keeps like we keep seeing him turn them off like all right that's enough of you <laughs> power off but then the next scene they're always like talking to him again so i'm like are they able to turn themselves back on or does he do it like i mean he's clearly kind of insane but i don't know they're gaining sentience yeah right <laughs> but uh they're super goofy and um it definitely this is this is the ma- major moment in the movie where i'm like oh like maybe kids find their goofy antics super funny like when they all high five each other at the same time or something, but maybe. But I also think kids don't give a shit who Sylvester Stallone is, so therefore it's not inherently funny what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, but the, yeah, well then the, I'm just saying the kids are more like, oh, that guy looks goofy, and I think yeah. he's funny because look at how goofy he looks. Yeah, and they don't even care. Maybe. What I'm 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 basically making it seem like kids are stupid and only are like, yeah. <laughs> wow, look at those funny clothes on that guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, once this movie gets inside the game, it's a lot, and it becomes, everything kind of becomes disconnected, you can tell. I, we will give it credit, it's one of these early movies where everything's green screen, where, like, the fact that it seems that, like that, that you can understand what's happening in this movie, and Junie is still a pretty solid character throughout it, is impressive, mm-hmm. because yeah. there's... Th- w- on set of this movie, what they're shooting, there is nothing. Like these kids have nothing to work with. Yeah, like they are standing in a in, in a warehouse. And I, of all people, I mean, I wonder if it was in the original script that this kid brings his wheelchair laden grandfather into the <laughs> game, or if they made it the grandfather, grandfather Ricardo Montalban. I mean, it's pretty incredible that of all the people to bring back, they're like, you know, who we're gonna put in front of a green screen for just hours on end, it's Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in mean, his last ever on-screen role. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, and he's not, it's not like he's bad or anything. It's just kind of like, ugh, like nonsensical. We have, that, that is that is a long, <laughs> we need to like compile this list at some point because there's been a lot of <laughs> beloved actors <laughs> who have had their final film appearances be in a lackluster sequel. Oh, yes, yeah. I mean, it, it's we pretty much guaranteed, many. I think. You never know when yeah. you're going to go. You never yeah. know. You're just going to Don't Oof. do a lackluster sequel if you feel like you're on your last legs. Yeah. <laughs> Attention yeah. I mean, all golden, silver-aged actors out there. Yeah, we're looking at you, Orson Welles as Unicron. <laughs> <or whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the... <laughs> This moment where the, they find out that Junie, Junie's like, oh, guess what? You can bring in, like, a, a phone a friend from the outside. And they're, they're like, here's the list of people you can call. Uh, well, because he says he wants it to be a family member. And they start listing off all the family members. And the computer is like, pros, super strong. Cons, uh, not not uh, good at math or whatever. And then, like, when it gets <laughs> to the grandpa, it's like, it's like pros, in, incredible intelligence. Cons, physically disabled. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, God. Well, and Junie's, like, explanation for why he chooses Grandpa makes no sense because he says, like, oh, he hasn't 
use his legs for so long, so therefore all the strength of his legs has (laughs) moved to his upper body and his brain, like making him stronger there. And it's like, I don't think that's how that works. And also there was like a way nicer way to say that, you know, and that like, oh, he's more resourceful or he has more, you know, like he's more, he can think more creatively about how to get me through this. No, they just said like, oh yeah, everything he didn't use on his legs is probably being used in the rest of his body. Oh God. <laughs> and then I, I love that, uh, yeah, Ricardo Montalban comes into the, the game world and within moments he's uh, relegated to be just a floating head, just yeah. a floating head. <laughs> He's a floating head in a digital world. The rest of the movie. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't even <laughs> think that he was. He was on set. I think that they probably filmed him in like a booth of some kind, like where you could like yeah. do a hit for like CNN or something. Possibly. I mean, I think maybe they got him and uh, Junie together for some of those more like you know maybe scenes. But yeah, maybe um, not when he just immediately gets in the game and starts chasing a butterfly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just it's like, I mean, like they spend like five minutes like oh here he is it's grandpa and he gets in the game and it's like oh give him like a free leg upgrade and then he just immediately starts and then he's just like okay I bye uh, I'm gonna go Tyler I think they're called mega legs I think they're called the- mega legs yes in the, in the movie um I just found it endlessly hilarious that he is literally just a floating head the rest of them I mean it looks so weird his it body is bad. fully CG and so then the rest and I don't know if they were doing, like, motion capture and all that stuff. I don't think so. If they know. were, it was really rough. It yeah. was well, really rough. and I think a lot of it, a lot of them, though, were just floating heads. Even, like, the kids at some point oh, yeah. were, definitely were. Um, but anyway, uh, we find out kind of through a whole bunch of random, like, expository drops that uh, the toy maker and um, Grandpa are mortal enemies and... Uh, the toy maker was a spy who betrayed Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, they had some sort of relationship in the back in the day, and now they're mortal enemies. And he's the one that put him in the wheelchair. That's right. That would have been something cool to see too in a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> um, really. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's actually like <laughs> the toy maker was like part of, I guess, not the OSS, but whatever thing that there was i mean it is kind of funny like he's been trapped in this game and mike judge you know back is just like like yeah like why was he trapped in there it's like i don't know it's a long time ago nobody remembers yeah <laughs> well it's really confusing they don't really explain yeah i did think that was funny but they don't even explain like but he built the game while he was locked away so they don't really is he locked away in like the internet or like the computer system at oss or what like the toy factory it's kind of hard they, they definitely yeah. don't explain it and like, also, I thought it was particularly funny that at the end of the movie when he's like, you got to forgive me. Come on. I gave you the mega legs in the game so you could walk again. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that makes up for it, man. You know, like 30 years. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Ricardo Maltabon does do a, a kind of a, in the con- final confrontation. I mean, it's so weird because it's like he brings him into the game because he has like increased brain capacity from not using his legs for 30 years um and then and then it becomes like a subplot of like oh no grandpa's gonna kill him and exact his revenge <laughs> yeah don't what if trust he brought him anybody don't else from his family yeah. like none of this would have <laughs> yeah he's gonna let the bad guy out on purpose but don't then like ricardo Montalban, like has like this kind of amazing moment where it's like oh it's like is he gonna kill him it's like but it's weird that it builds up to this but he has this speech where he's like let me tell you everything I missed when you took my ability it was a to good walk speech. away. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's it's kind of heartfelt. But then, like, I don't know, five minutes later, he makes a Corinthian leather joke. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that part wasn't green screen, I don't think. 
All right, Ricardo, you're you're talking yeah. to a butterfly at this moment. You're talking to a butterfly. Hold it up to your face. You're looking yeah. at a I did I did think that the catharsis was a nice little bit of acting from Ricardo Montalban. You know? Yes, it was. It was. So and yes, he does joke about the Corinthian leather. Um, Fine Corinthian leather. Yeah. Uh hmm. yeah. So the toy the toy maker also like he he never uh you know d- uh, displays any. Um, skills of toy making at all, in my opinion. No, <laughs> no, no. He never. Yeah, ma- yeah, no fun. Get like Floop should be the toy maker. Yeah, he never yeah. makes any toys. Like, why is he called the toy maker? <laughs> I don't know. The the movie it, it's trying to to justify how we're getting to the next scene, and then it's like, okay, we got to get him. You got to get in there. You got to get Carmen. But Carmen's not really what you got to do because you have to get to level five. But level five is unbeatable. But then we have to beat it. And then we're going to get the toy maker. <laughs> what are we going to do with the toy maker? I don't know. Grandpa might kill him. We got to keep him in there, I guess. I don't know why we have to get to him then. But okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but let's get to level five first. That's the first step. But no, you can't get to level five. It's you have to impossible. do this other stuff, and there's other ways to get around it. But no, wait, we should probably still try to get to level five. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't forget, sad robot girl love interest. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she'll never learn to really love because she's she's just a program. Real. She's just a program, Junie. Don't you can't trust Is that the her. The toy. <laughs> she's the toy. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, um. I do. We we you mentioned the uh, Mario Kart. Um, you mentioned the Mario Kart sequence, and I do think that is pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of the 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 goofy nature of all the cars and like how they work and they're flying around all crazy and and like <laughs> well, I it think is kind it, of funny that they all get into like small little buggy <laughs> yeah. cars and then they all attach to like big gigantic. Atta- monster truck size <laughs> yeah. attachments and then like throughout the course of the race they all switch cars like six times before the end of the race <laughs> um i thought that was kind of fun i mean it's it's a it's a cool sequence and like something that they never would have been able to do uh you know <laughs> in a live no. action yeah film. um um throughout the the game <laughs> Salma hayek and mike judge are like interfering and like sending you know, a bunch of things into the game. And like, if they had so much control over it, like why did they even have to make Junie do all of this in the first place? Right. Like if they can do <laughs> so many things to rig the game. That's a good question. It's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. And I can't and they, tell you. They even start thwarting them at some point. Yeah. There's a point where they feel like they have to kill them. Uh, there's a point where, uh, it's so it's so convoluted. <laughs> it's really funny. I can't even about pick the guy. The guy, Tyler, are yeah. you the guy? No, the guy. Are you the guy? the guy? Oh, he's the guy. He's totally the guy. You're not the guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had forgotten about this uh, this cameo that happens um, with Elijah Wood appearing as the guy, and I was two thousand two thousand. Three, right? Yeah. It's the year. It's the year that Return of the King is there. There's nobody bigger than Elijah Wood. There were those big, uh, like Lord of the Rings jokes in the last movie. Yeah, so you they, know yeah. that the Daryl Sabra loves, you know, Lord of the Rings. He made jokes about it. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. This is one of the moments that I actually laughed watching this movie when he appears. Yeah. Like, I'm the guy <laughs> in like a glowing light, like, oh! and his hair is all spiky and like super. Nerdy it does. I, any movie that takes a shot at a chosen one narrative, I'm all for. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it allowed me to, um, grab this audio clip, uh, that's very, so appropriate meme wise right now that I, this is the only thing I had to grab because you'll understand. Cake. <laughs> Everything is cake. Everything is cake. Cake. Um, that was so funny. He's like, he's like, I'm the man with the plan. Let me open this door for you. <laughs> We're going to go in there and beat that level because I'm the guy. <laughs> and he walks in and he's just like, he, he blasts open the door, walks in and he's like, cake. <laughs> so funny. Zip, zap, zorp. He dies. Immediately dead. Uh, like uh, like uh, Samuel L. Jackson in a deep blue sea. And honestly, like, that cameo is, like, I wish all cameos were like that, just, like, super goofy and, like, you know. Yep. The movie grinds to a halt just a moment to feature Elijah Wood. So <laughs> funny. So funny. Well, if you we, love cameos, then you're going to love the this last... third act. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, yeah. Oh, man. The third act was cool because I was like, oh, this is, like, a, a total, like, proto Avengers Endgame moment right now. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I like, loved it. I thought it was so great. I mean, it was probably the only part that I really liked about this movie. I was like, everybody's here. Like, even like the dorkiest people that did not need to be there were called there. Dinky yeah. winks. <laughs> yeah, James. Uh, yeah, Bill Paxton and uh, James Paxton as <laughs> little yes. Dinky Winks Jr. This was the moment. This, you know, when this was happening, and I was rewatching it. I remember being like, at the time, like telling people, like, oh my god, my god, and like all of a sudden they were like. They were like robot children and Bill Paxton with like a, a lasso. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on in this movie. Like, <laughs> Bill Paxton's like, I'm going to get me a robot from my theme park. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's basically like, yeah, the robot children show back up and they're like, robot children attack. And they're like, yeah. And they launch into the sky. And I just remember being like, this is, movie is insane. Like, what is happening? Right Steve now? Buscemi flies in on a flying pig. Spork. Yeah. And and and, yeah. and in, in a clever moment, like you know, uh, the game world has broken out into the real world, and the only way that you can see the enemies now is if you have the glasses on from the game, um, just like you know, you putting on the 3D glasses in the theater. I'm the sure theater. Kid, I'm sure kids loved that, um, and I love that you know they're handing out glasses to everyone as they arrive, and then uh, Steve Buscemi gets the. Uh, the broken cracked glasses, glasses. <laughs> the cracked glasses that match his cracked, cracked glasses. Um, I did. I know I sent you this gif earlier. There is that amazing gif of Antonio Banderas like throwing all the brains. That was so funny. Uh, they yeah, all the all the family members except for Carla Gugino for whatever. She doesn't get like a big introduction uh, scene, but uh, you get a scene of when he's like calling all the family members to come meet them, and Antonio Banderas is like. <laughs> Just this one last piece on the fifth brain. Nobody, nobody talk to me. I'm going to finish this and we'll have the fifth brain, which is like another like amazing callback to the first movie that if you hadn't watched, you'd have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, sir, it's your son. And he immediately like shoots all the, he like kicks all the stuff off his desk in this super dramatic, awesome looking fashion. And, and they all fly all the beakers and brains and stuff fly towards the screen. And I think it's really cool. That, this was a moment where I would I was like yeah having yeah, now watched I did like all the, the ending because yeah we rarely I mean that rarely happens in these sequels and I yeah. don't know you mentioned Avengers Endgame and like that was revolutionary when we saw that we didn't yeah. know about Spy Kids 3D I know so. <laughs> well I was trying to think of another thing where it's like I mean I, yeah I was trying to think of another thing uh, 
where we've had this buildup of characters in the franchise that all show up in the in a later movie to help the characters defeat a bad guy. I just saw like, an episode Fast this week. Fast and Furious. Yes, Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, for but sure. yeah, but was that even that? This was before that. Even this is yeah, 2003. Yeah. <laughs> So there I was, was like, an episode Ooh. of Avatar where it happens, and I just yes. watched this week. And I was watching it, and I said to my roommate, "I'm like, what is this Spy Kids 3D?" She'd seen <laughs> me watching it like a couple days earlier. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, the ending is so great, just bringing everyone back. And it, yeah, again, this is just like, um, this is like sequel catnip to us. Mm-hmm. I was like, hell yeah, this is really happening. I, they came, everyone came back. I can't believe it. Floops there and everything. Yeah, and uh, like we already said, Grandpa does not kill Sylvester Stallone, and they all live happily ever after. They make it look like they're in this giant gorilla uh, robot that crashes to the ground, and they're all like, oh my god, they're dead. And then like the Grandpa just comes like wheeling out on his wheelchair on top of this thing. Like, how did he get out? <laughs> he does have the flying wheelchair, though, so it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't have much more to say about this. Uh, I mean, we, Tyler. Yeah, we we barely. Uh, yeah, Ooh. I feel bad that we you know we didn't even really talk about uh, Carmen's character much in the movie, but I mean we did talk about it more in the in the interview. But. She barely got to be in it, you know. Yeah. Like I said, I I wish not just because we interviewed her. I wish that we could have seen her more as a character. I know. And yeah, yeah. I know. it would have been great had there been a big dance number for her to do that. She does get a song. Another song yes. at the end. Two songs, Yeah, with actually. one of those bros sings it with her. Yeah, she has one by herself called Game Over and then another one with some guy, yeah. It's one of the dudes from the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Game I forgot over. which one because they're all interchangeable to me. Uh, this, the other <laughs> song is called Heart Heart Drive. Get it? You guys yeah. Rating? Rating? Oh, boy. Okay. Well, um... I mean, you just got to go how many pairs of 3D glasses. Uh-huh. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Um, I think I'm going to give this one five. Five mm-hmm. pairs of 3D glasses. Um, yeah, I see this one, uh, you know, gets a, gets a little bit more um, hate on the internet as far as the, the original trilogy goes here. Um, but uh, I didn't want to, like, give it super low score because I think there's still a lot to enjoy. Uh, you know, it's not quite as inventive, but uh, we are a sequel podcast here, so the stuff that it does sequel-wise, um, you know, continuing the character's story and bringing back characters that, you know, had no business even being in the movie <laughs> uh, by, by, the end, by the end was, like, really shocking, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so great. Uh, so I feel like there are things to enjoy as a sequel podcast that we are, uh, things to enjoy in this movie. Um even though, like, you could just watch the uh, the other two and be totally fine. Yes. Uh, I'm also going to give it five pairs of 3D glasses. Um, yeah. I don't know much else to say about it. <laughs> You're everything like, yeah. everything so, Justin said, I agree. So I was going to give it a four, but then Bill Paxton shows up. Not only does he say the subtitle of the movie, but he makes it a callback to Aliens yeah. when he says, Game over, man. Game yeah. over. So great. And it puts me right up to a five because, <laughs> goddamn, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and also, if we, we next time we can't go to movies, one of the things that I miss the most is that sometimes in a movie, 
uh, a character will say the title of the movie. Oh, and yes. Justin and I will always lean forward and give each other a look, <laughs> knowing when it happens, because it happens way too much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, God. <sighs> I miss those days. Oh, there's one more thing that I, I think, one more amazing moment in this movie that we have to talk about before we go. Uh, one cameo that we didn't mention of someone coming back is Devlin. Yeah. George Clooney oh, yes. is back in this, and he has now become the president. <laughs> because, you know, he was running the the country as the OSS, but then he got tired of people not knowing that he was in charge, so he just became the president. <laughs> that was but, Trump's inspiration, too. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> but he has this amazing moment at the end where Devlin comes on the screen and slowly starts to talk like Sylvester Stallone. And George- turns out it's him. Yeah. But I, as, when this scene was happening, I was like, oh my God, George Clooney had to have the best time filming this. And then it's there in yes. the credits. It's, yeah. it's one of the bloopers. And he's like, oh, that's the end of my career. It's so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I thought that was, it's just funny to see, like, it's so fun to see, like, a, someone who you see is normally a very serious actor, like, being so goofy like that. Um, and he was probably worried that Sylvester Stallone was going to punch him at the premiere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. That was that was a great moment. Well, yeah. you guys, uh, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our review of Spy Kids 3D. Yeah. Game over. Uh, you don't have to lament that we never gave you our email address because I'm going to give it to you right now. Yeah. It's <laughs> sequelrights at gmail.com. You can email us your questions and comments. Uh, and you can also check us out on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequelrights. And typically this is the part where I tell you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or give us five stars. But I think that this episode is so special. It would be even more help to us if you could just share it with somebody that you think that could enjoy it. Uh, just the interview part. You don't even have to listen to us talk about Spy Kids 3D. Uh, <laughs> it was just such a great interview. Uh, share it with anybody you think could enjoy it. Um, we'd love more people to hear it. Yeah, a million uh, thank yous again to Alexa Penavega for her time this week. Such a, uh, a great conversation with her. We had fun. Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys... If you guys are first-time listeners or repeat listeners, if you enjoyed uh, listening this week, don't worry. There's still one more Spy Kids movie. (laughs) But this time, we're taking a little break all the way to 2011 for Spy Kids All the Time in the World. Now, this one I know basically nothing about. (laughs) I I only know a couple of things about it, but yeah. Yeah, this is is one where I'm like, wow, uh, there was another Spy Kids movie that came out while I was in California? I can't even, (laughs) I don't even remember. I can't even imagine. And we didn't go see it? Like, what were we doing? This is one of those ones that people truly come up to me and say, they wait, how many of those? You know? Yeah, Yeah. so... uh, yeah, we'll be rep- wrapping up the Spy Kids franchise next week. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode this week. We had fun talking to you. We'll see you guys next week for Spy Kids All the Time in the World. Thought it'd be when it's
from the ground.